All right, welcome to a special edition of the Common Man's Take on Sports. This episode will be dedicated to Kobe Bryant in recognition of Mama Day on 24 August uh, and also his birthday on 23 August. Um, since my son is a little young to have watched Kobe play, I'm going to share some of my favorite moments uh, that I remember watching Kobe play with Quentin. So, Quentin, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so, um, number 10 on my list is um, on uh, December 17th, 1997, the Lakers played the Bulls. And Kobe was still a reserve coming off the bench. However, this particular game, I feel like he was putting the NBA on notice. You know, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were still uh, winning their championships. They were they would go on to win their um, third championship in a row that year. Or, I'm sorry, second championship in a row that year with Dennis Rodman. But this particular game on December 17th, uh, Kobe and, and Michael kind of went at each other. And uh, just for reference, Michael had 36 points in that game, right? But what was interesting to me is Kobe came off the bench to play against Michael. And so Kobe scored 33 points. He was 3 of 5 from the three-point line, good for 60%, and 12 of 20 from the field goal, good for 60%. And for me, the memory of that game, that, that was him um, starting to the game was starting to slow down for him. He was starting to get a few more minutes, even though he was a reserve, still playing behind Eddie Jones. Um, that was Kobe's kind of coming out party against Mike, and that was Kobe putting the rest of the NBA on notice, going, "Hey, I'm on my way. Uh, I'm I'm coming into my own now. I'm going to be a problem going forward." Um, so for me, that that was the first game that. You know, when he first came in the league, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a fan of his. Um, I thought there was a lot of hype around a high school kid, and I didn't think he'd live up to it. And so that's the first game that that he proved that the hype was correct. He had the work ethic and the um, drive to get better and better at his craft. Uh, so for me, that, that game was, was the game that kind of stuck in my mind that says, oh, you know, okay, this dude is good, uh, and he he has the he's shown a little bit of what what he they were talking about for him coming out of high school and what he could be. So that's my number ten. Uh, my number nine is uh, Kobe versus Allen Iverson. Those were some great battles back in the early two thousands, but my most memorable one was in the finals. In that final series. Uh, when Kobe and Allen Iverson kind of go to each other, you, you can find the video on, on YouTube for the replay. Uh, it's all over the place. You'll see it. Uh, but Iver Allen Iverson looks at Kobe and says, you can't guard me. And Kobe turns around and says, you want to bet? And so Kobe took that personally in that series. He took that series personally because when you go back and you listen to an interview he did uh, several years afterwards, when they were both drafted in the 96 draft, and so Alan, Alan Iverson was drafted top pick over Kobe. Kobe was drafted 13th in that draft. 
And so Kobe took that personally uh, for a long time that he thought he was better than Allen Iverson and he wanted to prove it. What were you going to say? Nothing? <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, if you go back and watch any highlight of Kobe and, and Allen Iverson going at each other, it, it's it's amazing. Like th Those games were... Uh, Allen Iverson was obviously a very great player and a great scorer in his own right and a decent defender, too. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if you go back and look at his stats, I'm pretty sure Allen Iverson led the league in steals once or twice. But uh, those... You know, my number nine is, is that playoff game when Kobe and, I, Kobe and, and Allen Iverson were kind of going at each other and, and talking a little trash at each other. And it made for a good series, at least between those two. Um, Shaq was dominating that series down in the post because they didn't have anybody who could stop him. Um, so my, my number eight is, uh, again, another player... Uh, some of my favorite games to watch, and, and you can go back again and watch these highlights too, is Kobe Bryant versus Tracy McGrady. Those were also some great back and forth. Um, again, in an interview, Kobe was talking, actually, I, I read his book, uh, The Mamba Mentality by Kobe Bryant. So even in his book, he talked about how hard it was to guard Tracy McGrady because he admitted that Tracy McGrady had could do anything that Kobe himself could do but the difference was Tracy McGrady had the height. He was like 6'9", 6'10". But with all the athleticism that Kobe Bryant had, and Kobe said it was just a very hard for him to guard Tracy McGrady just because of that, because McGrady could do whatever he could do with that height. Um, so it made it very difficult on Kobe. And you could, I have those highlights are, again, if you go back, you can look them up on YouTube or anywhere, and it's... Those are some pretty epic battles between um, Kobe and, and Tracy McGrady. Two very prolific scorers and, and good defenders. Um, my uh, number seven was something that I, I shared with you earlier today. Um, Kobe writing that, that short story and making it into a, a short uh, movie. And so he won... Uh, it was called Deer Basketball, and so he won an Oscar for that. So that's actually something that I don't think any other NBA player has ever done. Uh, but that was pretty cool. And for me, when he wrote that, I think that, that Kobe was kind of he, – he was always known as a, a closed-off guy. Like he was just, you know, business all the time, you know, always – working on his craft, a hard worker. He really didn't show a lot of emotion. When he wrote that Dear Basketball and you watched that, I to me that was him pouring his heart out to his fans. Like you that was pretty awesome to watch and I could see why he won an Oscar for it. It was a really great short story about himself. Uh and his beginning love for basketball and then when he learned that it was time to say goodbye at the end of his career like that. I, That was the first time that I would see him just pour his heart out like that into something, and that was pretty cool for him to do and to watch. And I thought it was pretty cool that, that he won an Oscar for that. What did you think about it when you watched it? How did you like it? Well, I really like that. I, I also think he poured his heart out in that. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. 
it was a really good short story about uh the start of him loving basketball. You know, rolling his dad's socks yeah. up and shooting him at the trash can, pretending like there's either game winners. I, that that's I thought that was pretty awesome to, to watch that. And then he just talked about how much that he gave to the game of basketball as his career wore on. Um, and then how his body told him it was time to quit. That was, I I definitely enjoyed that. I enjoyed sharing it with you. I, I'm, I loved sharing that with you. My number six uh, moment on my list is the 1998 All-Star Game. Uh, Kobe versus Jordan. This is the first first time that he really kind of got to go at Jordan. But uh, during the game, what was most memorable is you could see him at half court, uh, like asking Mike for tips and asking Michael Jordan for, you know, to help him. Like you, you could see him asking him questions. And so that game, you know, they kind of went back and forth at each other. And that game ended with Kobe having 18 points. Um, one assist and six rebounds, and Mike having 23 points, eight assists, and six rebounds. So I was kind of evenly matched there. Uh, but it was just awesome to see a young Kobe go against a seasoned Michael Jordan in the All-Star game. And then to see him, you know, when there was a timeout or a foul and they were standing on the free throw line, like, talking to him, like, you know, digging in his brain, getting information, trying to get better, you know, a young player trying to get – some lessons from the a vet, you know, not just any vet either, you know, a guy that's considered to be the greatest player that ever lived and, bat, and played basketball. So well, that was cool to watch. Um, I gained a little bit of respect for Kobe for that because I could see that he was he was going to the vets and, and asking them how to make how to get better and, and what to do to become a better defender or you know a better shooter. Uh, my number five was. Uh, the 2003 All-Star Game, and so that was Michael Jordan's last season in his last All-Star Game. And so to kind of watch, that was kind of the, that game and another one that I'll mention here uh, was kind of the passing of the torch between Michael and Kobe, in my personal opinion. Um, as you watch the 2003 All-Star Game, uh, Kobe and Jordan kind of going back and forth. You know, Jordan had 20 20 points, two assists, and five rebounds. And Kobe had 22 points, six assists, and seven rebounds. It's almost like the student is catching up to the teacher, but the teacher's also getting older, right? It was his last season with the Wizards. He was going to retire at the end of the year. So that was pretty cool to watch, and that's another fond memory uh, for me of Kobe. And, and, of course, the other games that same season, it was March 28th of 2003. It was the... Uh, Wizards versus the Lakers, and what's so significant about that game is one, Kobe dropped 55 points on an aging Michael Jordan. But what's so interesting about that game, and what's so memorable, and you'll see the replays all over YouTube for this one also. That's the the last game that Michael and, and Kobe played against each other, and so uh, Kobe had the ball and he took a handoff and he was coming around a pick, and so Michael steps out and takes the charge on Kobe. <laughs> and so the ref calls the charge on Kobe and you know Michael's laying on the floor smiling and Kobe walks over Michael's teammate I believe it's Tyrone Lue walks over to help him out and Kobe pushes Ty Lue out of the way and starts kind of fake pretend punching Michael and then helps Michael up and act again that was the 
like the passing of the torch you could see between Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Like just those two having fun and, and going at each other that last game that they would ever play against each other. And you could tell they both knew it. Uh, and I, that that particular play was what made it so memorable because it, they were just having fun. And you could tell they were having fun when, when Michael took that charge and, and Kobe just kind of stood over him for a second. And then, you know, uh, they had that moment. Like that was that was pretty cool to watch. Um, my number three moment uh, is bittersweet. My, my number three moment was his last game he ever played, April thirteenth of two thousand and sixteen, against the Utah Jazz. Um, he scored sixty points, um, but what's so memorable is that's his last game that he ever played, and so when the game that that was played in the Staples Center. And when the game was over, he came back out on the floor and took the mic and he gave his, his Mamba out speech. And if you ever get to go watch that, that's probably one of the best um, speeches I've ever heard anybody give, you know, last game. It, it was only right he dropped 60 points in that game, but um, just the speech afterwards was... It was a pretty heartfelt speech. Again, like you, you he was thanking the fans. Uh, it was beautiful speech. Like he, it was pretty, pretty cool to watch. Um, if you ever get a chance, Quentin, you should watch that speech. Yeah, I, I watched uh, half of it. I didn't finish It's pretty cool. You should watch the whole thing. Like it, it's very heartfelt. Um, I, it, it's. One of the lasting memories of Kobe, you know, on a basketball court. Uh, my number two memory was the 81-point game um, that he played again January the 22nd, 2006, against the Toronto Raptors. Um, this was probably... All right, so I watched the Michael Jordan 69-point game against the Boston Celtics in 86 playoffs. That was pretty impressive. Uh, they, they couldn't stop Mike that game. I watched the David Robinson 71-point game against the Clippers. Uh, that was pretty impressive. But I've never seen a performance quite like the one that he put on in that Toronto Raptors game, that 81-point performance. He was 28 from 46 from the floor which was good for 60% field goal percentage. He was 18 of 20 from the free throw line, which was good for 90%. And he was 7 of 13 from the three-point line, which was good for 53% from the three-point line. Like that's one of the most efficient. I, mean, I don't think you could be much more efficient than that, scoring 81 points in a game. Like he was, That game was, again, if you ever get to see that game in its entirety on on YouTube just to watch him it was his masterpiece that was his masterpiece um, I don't think I've ever seen a performance quite like that uh, before or after you, even Devin Booker a couple of years ago when he dropped 70 points in a game it still wasn't the same like that, that game that Kobe dropped 81 was uh, he was hitting ridiculous shots. He, they, they, everybody on that team took a turn guarding him, and they just could not stop him. They could not. Nobody could guard him. 
Florida State attribute the majority of the 81 points to Jalen Rose, who was on that team and guarded Kobe for a lot of the night, but it wasn't just Jalen Rose's fault. Like, it was um, that nobody on the team could guard him. And so, there's, they actually, Jalen Rose and Kobe got together and made a commercial about it. And it's a pretty entertaining commercial. Uh, it was an ESPN commercial, and, and so Kobe is in a restaurant, and uh, Jalen Rose comes in, and he's trying to avoid Kobe, and goes, Jalen, hey, come on over. And so Jalen walks over, hey, Kobe, how you doing? Kobe says, good, good. So the waiter comes up, and he goes, uh, well, you have, sir. And Kobe goes, a, a martini. And he goes, how many olives? And Kobe thinks for a minute, and he goes, 81 in reference to the 81-point game. And so you see Jalen, cuts over to Jalen Rose, and you see Jalen's face. And he's just got this look on his face like, really? And then it cuts back to Kobe, and he looks at the waiter and goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just joking. It, it's a joke. Uh, it was for him. Uh, I'll just take two. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty funny commercial. Uh, but as a reference to that game, uh, and still to this day, that's that's probably one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Um, that 81-point game. And that's the closest anybody's ever came to replicating uh, Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game is Kobe Bryant with those 81 points. My last and number one moment um, is... Andrew, it, it, it's my number one moment because um, Kobe accomplished two things that year. In the um, 07-08 season, uh, he carried his team to the championship, and they lost to the Celtics in six games. And uh, I felt like they should have won that series. I felt like they were better than the Celtics, but they lost to the Celtics in six games. So they returned the next year. Um, they beat the Orlando Magic four games to one. Um, Kobe gets his first championship without Shaq in his first finals MVP. So now comes my most memorable game. And it's June 17, 2010, Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Uh, Kobe Bryant not only wins his second championship without Shaq, his fifth overall, but he got what he wanted. He got his revenge on the Boston Celtics because he beat them in that series, that in that finals for that championship. Um, and in that game, even though it wasn't his greatest shooting game, um, he contributed greatly in that game with 23 points and 15 rebounds in 11-15 from the free throw line. Um, his... The... Everything came full circle for him in that game. And so the most iconic, one of the most iconic moments in his history came in that game uh, because that's the game where he jumps up on the announcer's table with the, the Lakers uh, finals champions hat on uh, with the basketball on one hand with his arms out like this. And you'll oh, see that yeah. picture a lot yeah, of places. That. That, that is that game. Yeah, I got to watch that. That, that is that. That's that game, the game seven of the Celtics game. Yeah, I watched that. And that's probably my number one memory of Kobe, the last championship he won um, in 2010 when he beat the Boston Celtics in that game seven. 
that whole series um, was a whole team effort. But uh, you could tell that Kobe was the leader. You could tell that he had evolved, not just in his game, but in himself as a leader. He'd evolved. Um, he taught Paul Gasol how to Paul Gasol how to win. Lamar Odom, uh, Andrew Bynum, like he he, you could tell that he'd evolved as a leader. Um, he learned how to raise the level of his teammates play you know how, how to get them to play better and how to get them to play you know better than they were and even in uh Paul Gasol's uh hall of fame speech this year uh he like thanked, he, he, he he thanked Kobe yeah he for, he, uh... he thanked Kobe for teaching him how to win and so that story he said about Kobe meeting him in his room that the first night that he got to LA is not the first time I heard that story. And so that that was uh that was pretty cool that, you know, Kobe took him in like that. You know, he didn't have to come to his room at one in the morning. Powell's right, he could have just talked to him the next day, but no. Kobe wanted to go see him then, welcome him to the team and and tell him, you know, hey, we're here to win championships, let's do it. And Powell was all in. And I think that you could tell a difference between the um, 07, 08 Powell Gasol that played with Kobe and the 08, 09, and 09, 2010 Powell Gasol that played with Kobe. I think Kobe made him tough. Uh, he taught him how to make the tough play. Uh, I, th I think that a lot of people didn't understand how close Kobe and Powell were uh, when they played together. But um, that that's my number one moment of all time is is the my memory of them winning the um, 2010 NBA Finals in Game Seven. Um, in my personal opinion, all these announcers who don't list Kobe um, in the goat conversation or uh, mention him, in my personal opinion, uh, Kobe. Bryant and Michael Jordan are one and two interchangeable. Like you could, you have a case for Michael being the number one greatest player of all time and Kobe number two, but you can also make a case for Kobe being the GOAT, the number one player of all time, and Michael Jordan being number two. But to be honest, no matter how you list them, my personal opinion, they're number one and number two. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are two of the greatest players I've ever seen play the game. And I, I'm, I'm sure somebody else down the road will come around I think LeBron's a great player, probably be top five at the end of his career. He's definitely top ten now. But I just don't think that he's reached the Kobe, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan level. Those two are on another level from everybody else. Um, they were, Kobe didn't get as much love from the sports announcers as he should have. And I think it's because he wasn't as friendly with the media as they wanted him to be. I think that um, they hold some hard feelings towards Kobe. And I think that's just foolish because if you look at his body of work from beginning to end, uh, Kobe is absolutely one of the top five greatest players of all time.
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no argument against it. He's he owned the league for once Michael officially retired the first time. Kobe owned it the rest of the way. Even when Michael came back um, for his second go with the Wizards, Kobe owned the NBA then. Like, it was his. Yes, Shaq was his running mate. And uh, Shaq facilitated that a little bit. But Kobe grew into his own, especially when he changed from number 8 to number 24. You could tell that he had changed as a person and as a player. And he just continued to get better with his craft as his time went along. Um, talk about another few other couple of moments here um, since we have some time left I know that uh, the USA team was struggling they lost a couple of years in a row and then Kobe joined the team that next year and as long as Kobe Bryant was on that USA Olympic team they never lost another they never got anything less than a, than a gold medal the rest of the years that that's how much winning meant to Kobe. So uh, I've shared with you some of the most memorable moments that I have of Kobe. There's so many memorable moments of Kobe. You you can go, man. You could spend days, weeks, months on YouTube watching just highlights of Kobe Bryant over and over again because he had so many. Um. He definitely was up there with Mike. Uh, he was one of the greatest players that ever played the game. So what do you think with the uh, the moments that I've shared with you? What do you think about them? I think about the moments. No. They are memorable moments for a uh, reason. You know, I think a good list of moments. I think those moments were, uh, you know, all-star moments from Kobe Bryant's 20-year career from uh, 1996 to 2016. Mm-hmm. You gonna go back and watch any of those moments I mentioned on the video of them? I think you should. You'll never see another player like Kobe Bryant. He was one of a kind. Um, I know they call Michael Jordan the GOAT, but the the Black Mamba was, you know, they used to say, uh, you know, you talk to Allen Iverson, Vince Carter, all those other players uh, that played during Kobe's time. And so uh, you you listen to those players talk, and you're like, man, you don't mess with Kobe because if you shake the tree, the Mamba falls out. <laughs> man, if you talk trash to him, he was going to be really focused and embarrass you simply for the fact that you were talking trash to him. Um, that's how competitive he was throughout his career. And uh, I, he, he was definitely very, very competitive. And, and he played against a lot of great players, um, just like Michael, you know, the Kobe. Well, Michael Jordan's there, there wasn't a lot of great shooting guards. Uh, the only other shooting guards I can think of that I would even – mentioned in the same sentences as Michael Jordan in his era would be Clyde Drexler. Other than that, I can't think of any other shooting guards that would uh, even touch, you know, Mike. When Kobe played, 
you know, he played against the Vince Carters, the Tracy McGrady's, Allen Iversons, and, like, he checked these guys every night, right? He, he didn't just play against them. He guarded them one-on-one. So, uh, you know, he played some pretty stiff competition in his time. A lot of great players. You know, Vince Carter had a long, long career. Tracy McGrady's career was cut short by injuries, but, man, when, when he was healthy, Tracy McGrady was a monster. You know, and Kobe had to play against these guys. So, I'm glad I got to share this with you. I hope you get to go back and watch some of these games that I mentioned and others. Um, I, uh, Kobe was one of a kind. A lot of people say he copied Mike. He copied a lot of people's moves just because he wanted to perfect his craft. But although he did copy some of Michael Jordan's moves and his abilities, uh, Kobe Bryant was one of a kind. The Black Mamba was different. And you could tell when you watched him play. Got anything that you want to add for Black Mamba Day or... Well, I'm glad I got to share this with you. Um, our next recording, we'll see if anybody drops some comments of what topics they want us to talk about, or uh, we'll just attack another one. I just wanted to do this one for uh, memory of uh, Kobe, Kobe uh, because he is one of the greatest players I've ever seen play the game. With that, I will end this session. Uh, we thank you for listening, and again, uh, you guys can drop comments down, let us know any topics you want us to discuss or talk about, and we'll talk about them. Thank you.